wanted to take a moment to invite you to check out my website, karagoodwin.com. I have a lot of resources out there to support your meditation practice. You can sign up to receive a free guided meditation to bring more calmness and light into your life. There's also a 21-day Learn to Meditate self-study program. And this can help you cultivate your own meditation practice or take your existing practice even deeper. Or if you're inspiring others in your life to begin meditating, that could be a great resource for them. There are also recorded workshops that Michael Massey and I have collaborated on, which dive into advanced concepts on consciousness. And I'll soon be releasing more offerings to support your growth, including an upcoming retreat later in the year. So please check it out at karagoodwin.com and thanks for your support and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm joined by Rachel McLeod. Rachel is an emotional wellness coach and a mental health therapist, but she helps people get rid of symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress in two to six months instead of two to six years, which is really, really amazing. So I cannot wait to hear what modalities you're using and how you managed to cut through like that. But I really, first, I want to welcome you. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Great. <laughs> so just let's talk about your background and how you were drawn to help people the way that you do. Yeah, I, gosh, I, I've always liked helping people, but um, I got a degree in social work to help people. I came out as a therapist working with people with substance abuse and substance dependence issues, and I was not very good at helping people. And so they were not getting the results I had hoped that they would or that I felt that they deserved. And so I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like that at all. And I ended up getting laid off. I was very pregnant. I wasn't very pregnant, but I am, I have a quite the large stomach while pregnant and I could not get another job. And my husband suggested I stay home with the baby. And I was like, great idea. Cause I'm bad at this anyway. I like to be bad at things. <laughs> oh, so, bless you. <laughs> and so I came home and I, you know, enjoyed being a stay at home mom. And then I was hit with just a massive mental health crisis again. Um, the earlier ones I had had, um, I ended up just crying through them, but I didn't really know what they were. Um, but this time I still didn't know what it was. And I was already a therapist and um, I still, I did not realize, I thought I was having a financial crisis. I did not know I was having a mental health crisis. And so, uh, gosh, I was three small children just trying to make it through a mental health crisis. I could not solve regular everyday problems. I just was getting buried insomnia. I was uh, collecting things, hoarding things. And, um, and so I went to, my son had a health challenge that the um, regular medical system was not helping with. And I did not like any of their suggestions. And I was complaining at the park about them. And uh, one of the moms said, why don't you go see that this woman? I had no idea. I go in there and she's doing these, this electromagnetic treatment and she's handing him vials and she's doing some electromagnetic healing and my eyes are as big as saucers. And, um, but after that session, he, that situation resolved in three days. And I was like, so I went back. 
Wow. Yeah. And I had recently been diagnosed with OCD. I was talking to her about it. She said, Hey, try this intervention. She gave me this training DVD set for emotional freedom techniques. And so I took it home. I watched it and it was weird, which is my jam. So I was not going to go do that regular therapy stuff. And so Mm -hmm. this thing had you tapping on these different points on your body. So, and I was a little skeptical. I was very skeptical, but if this woman had told me to stand on my head and count to 10, I would have done that. So I, that night I got in bed, I was having the racing thoughts. I could not sleep. And I, and then it came to me, I should try that thing now. So I did. And I would tap through for maybe 30 seconds and I yawned. And so I was like, hmm, that's strange. And so I did it again. I fell right to sleep. I woke up the next morning and I was like, whoa. And I was like, what else can I try this on? And I went off. I went, (laughs) I just started, I started using that for any symptom I could find. I went after my OCD. I went after, I started, you know, just like after doing a round of tapping, I was like, why am I, why am I still doing this? And so I throw it out. And so before I couldn't throw it out and then I changed the colors (laughs) I just went through and just started resolving all. When you say throwing it out, like you, I would get rid of stuff. I stopped. I didn't need to hoard anymore, which was, you know, it would have created more anxiety. Yeah, because you were you were dealing with hoarding, anxiety, insomnia. Those were because you talk about a mental worry. I couldn't solve problems. Like I, I, I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't finish any projects. I was, I just was in this mental fog, confusion. I mean, it was just awful. But I just started tapping through it. And my brain just started turning on and it was like, what do you do? What is this? And we're going to do this now. And we're going to do that. And it was like all these solutions, which brains make solutions. And all of a sudden my brain was igniting. Yes. It's amazing. Uh, And it was, it was just phenomenal. And I ended up um, thinking, I was like, if I ever go back to work, this is what I'll do. Like, this is a real thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I ended up going back to work. And, um, and so I thought, let me see if this works for other people. Like it works for my brain because 13 years ago, this was not popular. It was not, it was very woo woo, um, very different. And so there wasn't a lot about this. And so, but I did started using it and it was helping people. And I, I just, I wanted to help people more. And so I started doing that more, but then I noticed that even though we're doing this work and their brain is working, they still have their disorder. So then I really set out to like, how can I get this whole disorder resolved? And so I just kind of trial and error. And pretty soon they didn't meet criteria for their disorder any longer. And so then I was like, how can we do this faster? (laughs) So then I started teaching them the interventions themselves instead of doing the work in my office. I was like, we divided tasks. And I said, here, I taught them the intervention. And then they started to do the work at home. And then we'd meet back. So we were like this anxiety, depression, trauma, butt kicking team. And, uh, and, and we would just, and we ended up getting through that much, much faster and faster and faster. And now that's really helping people do this work in two to six months is really, is my specialty. I have lots of clients, especially in my therapy practice that take longer. They want, and they need a longer path, but what's a year in your life? You know, it's still really great. Or for some people that even slower two years to resolve this in that much time, is just, it's, it's game changing. It's life changing. So, right. So you're using, so your modality would be like a combination of EFT and then it sounds like, or, or emotional freedom technique tapping. And then, um, 
And then it sounds like there's like a a Rachel special that's in there. That's kind of like the intervention part. Yeah. Yes. I, I teach, I'm trained in four interventions. I'm trained in thought field therapy, emotional freedom techniques, um, energy medicine and EMDR, which is, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, which is, that's the most uh, popular trauma-based trauma processing intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that one, but um, I like to match the interventions with what people's brains like. So I like to have options because not all brains, uh, EMDR is not a great fit for all people, but they still need to heal from trauma. And so uh, they, we have these other ones. Plus EMDR is not really one you just jump out of the gate with and start using. And so a lot of these other ones are faster. They work um, faster to desensitize. They have no known side effects. And so I really will start people on a variety to see, to see how their brain function works. Does it start their problem solving process? Does it move the emotion? Does it desensitize? If, if we're working with one of the interventions, we will, um, we'll notice those things. And then, and then that's kind of goes into their toolkit and, and they use them. So most people will come out with two or three interventions that they're really comfortable with. But, um, and then what we do with the interventions, once we have those um, dialed in for them, then then I've really found that there's a process in which I can teach them the skills and do layers of the work. Uh, and we spend about a week or 14 hours of the work on each layer, and then we'll go to the next layer and the next and the next. And there's, there's pretty much four layers of that. Um, because people need to know how to work through their everyday stressors and get their brain to function in those, um, so that we can reduce our stress. And especially people with anxiety, depression, or traumatic stress, there's a lot of stress and we need to get more bandwidth, mental bandwidth for them. So, and then I teach them how to work through, um, um, unresolved events, traumatic events, or just painful events, whichever. Uh, the brain has a difficult time processing pain. Um, and so that's really one of the, the benefits of these interventions is it really helps the brain process painful memories, emotions, those sorts of things. All of our positive event, like the th- positive emotions, they don't register as pain in the brain. So they, they just go on through, but all the negative ones, they do register as pain. And so they tend to get blocked and that the survival system is committed to keeping us away from pain. So it will do that for a lifetime with these emotions, even though there are emotions, the brain isn't that the survival system doesn't register it like that. It's just pain is pain. And so we're really helping the brain get not just the positive emotion through, but also this negative stuff because gosh, you know, the brain is specialized at taking all of this emotion, all this, all this information that these emotions are, are bringing up and really creating, weaving beautiful things into our life, high function, growth, um, solutions, all these things that we need. But if their brain doesn't get that, then it can't build these things that we need. Right. And of course you're saying the brain, but which is funny because when we're talking about like tapping you know, you're really working with your whole yes. body and your, you know, your, your meridian system and, and the emotions that are tied to more like the mind, which, um, it, you know, we, we associate with the brain, but really, you know, I feel like a common theme that keeps coming up, especially in 2022, for some reason on the podcast is like the non-locality of consciousness and how it's stored everywhere. 
but um, I would love for you to just talk. We have EFT has come up a little bit on the podcast, but in case this is new uh, for somebody, can you explain a little bit with EFT and EMDR? Let me answer. Let me answer this first. So I speak about this from brain function because what I have found, and I am about uh, hitting this and quitting this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I really want to find the shortest way in and what, um, because all of this information from all of our, our energy systems, our nervous system, our body, um, our senses is trying to come to the front of the brain. Um, that's important. That's the process of healing and integrating all of this information into what we call our actions, our behaviors, our thoughts, our life. And so, so you, so it's trying to come up into the prefrontal cortex, for example, so that it can be surfaced. That part of the brain is pretty cool. It sorts things. Um, it, uh, it's the part it releases, uh, it releases stuff. It's like the part that it knows us It knows all of our thoughts and all of our desires, all of our goals. And it's like, will this match for our goals? No, it doesn't. Well, let's get rid of that. Does this match us? No. Um, so it's really, we want all this. It's yeah, it's that. And so we want Mm -hmm. all of this information up because the subconscious mind doesn't, doesn't get rid of things. It doesn't solve problems. It does. The body isn't a problem solver like that. You know, it solves its own problems, but it really with memories and stuff like that, it wants to move it to the part of the brain that's that, is designed to make something beautiful out of this and get rid of the garbage, you know? And so if it doesn't go through the process, it can't, and the brain makes beautiful things out of trauma. We, our system is designed to make beautiful things out of trauma. And if we're not, there's usually a kink in the process or the process isn't working well. And so, so, so with like EFT, for example, even though you're working on the body, you're actually just opening up pathways so that it can move from where it's stored in the yes. subconscious, which is could be outside of the brain, but Correct. flow up into the brain so that it can be processed right. and released. Right. Okay. And, okay. you know, the, the piece of this that's important is that the survival system is the part that keeps us alive and it's reg- it's listening to the pain neurons. And so once the pain neurons are firing off, the survival system's like, make it stop. Let's get us away from whatever pain's coming up. And some of this information that's surfacing from our body, from our nervous system, from our, our senses registers as pain. And so the survival system will jump in and make and get us away from our own information and our own, our own processing process. And so this information gets stuck down, but the survival system's native language is the body. It's listening to the body. And so when we start, even though the body may be sending signals of distress, we're not okay. Remember that one time, this is like that. I think that this is like that, you know, even though that's happening, we can be tapping on different points in our body or doing eye movements. And we're sent. And and so we're sending different signals to the, the survival system so that it's saying it's we're sending the message it's okay let this information through we're safe it's okay to process this and all of a sudden instead of that the survival system yanking us to survival modes it will allow healing to happen and so next thing you know even though it's pain it's actually going through the same process that the happy emotions get to go through and so all of a sudden their prefrontal cortex is getting all this information. And then we have light bulbs going off and people making realizations and making connections. And that's where we really get to combine all this information from our body and from our, our systems with our, the things that we're, 
our, our executive functioning, the things we've learned, the skills we want, um, the actions we want to take, they all mix together and the brain helps us to create that or our system helps us to create that. So we are using the body. We want to use the body to, to work directly with the survival system, which then brings the whole brain to work together cohesively mm. with all of the information, with all of the systems. So, and it's fast because these are electrical systems. These are electrical processes. And so uh, 30 seconds of tapping is, I mean, if how much electricity can you run in 30 seconds? A ton. And so we can really, uh, I, you know, for instance, I helped a woman, and, and this is common with these interventions, um, end a worm phobia that she had had for 40 years in 10 minutes, you know, done holding worms, grandchildren handing worms and even 10 years later she was still can you believe this <laughs> so wow. so it's just there's so many shifts that can happen when we help the the brain and the body do what it's trying to do already right yeah that's amazing so so let let's go ahead and talk yes. a little bit about what what these modalities yes, actually are. Okay. Yeah. Um, so emotional freedom techniques is uh, is like acupressure, and it's like it's just using the same systems that we use with acupressure acupuncture, but with no needles. And so we tap on these points in the bodies that are either the beginning points of a meridian or the end points of a meridian. And most of these points are located on the face. There's a couple of points on the torso uh, and on the hands at the ends of the, the fingertips. And so uh, emotional freedom techniques really has taken this really rich um, information and all this, the, I mean, Chinese medicine, right? Um, and yeah, acupuncture, and, right? And just right, really simplified right. this, that it's, it's really a no brainer. You really tap and then you tap on these points in a very specific way. And in three, four, five, six, seven taps, whatever, some people like to sit on each point for longer. You can't mess this up, which is really mm -hmm. wonderful. And um, if you're tapping on a point that doesn't need it, your system understands that and there's no problems with that. Um, if you're tapping on a point that, that needs to be tapped on, it's you're sending those specific messages to the brain and to the survival system really too. And so these work to, I think I, I rely on them for two things. One is to uh, whatever the trigger is, whatever somebody like, let's say the worm phobia, right? The thought of worms wiggling would put her into a panic attack. Okay, so that's a survival state. So the survival system is nice and loud and saying we're going to die. It's not accurate, but it's doing what it does. And so we're tapping on that, on that panic attack and that those sensations in her body and those sensations start reducing, right? Now, how this exactly happens, not exactly certain, but this is what it feels like to me. It feels like that the, that the intense ball of information and emotion that's trying to make its way through the brain stem and is signaling panic is really starting to move through a little piece by little piece. It gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's, it, it's just not there anymore. And so even though she can think about the, the worm now, she's not going to panic because that's, that issue has, it's been, it's been released and it's been reprocessed in a different way you know? And so, and then we will move her closer to it or show her a picture if she wants or whatever she feels is comfortable and start that up again and use an intervention. And it takes like, cause like the body has something to say about this picture, you know? And so we get that information up 
And then everything starts shifting and that that intensity reduces. And the next thing you know, she can take a couple steps closer. And so, and then, so, and then she's just not, it's just, it doesn't return. You know, whatever we're working on, it just doesn't, it's done. We'll find other things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. symptoms of anxiety, depression, and traumatic stress show us where the brain is having difficulty making those communications and where the, where, where the energy is stuck. Um, there's so many ways to say this, right? I talk about this from a brain perspective, but, um, but really those are those, when we're having those symptoms, we, we really can see our inner working and we can really go towards them and help them and help our brain as opposed to running from them, trying to shut them down. But really we don't want to shut down dysfunctions like this. We want to get in there and help it out. So it's smooth because the brain, you get higher function from that. Right. And it's that completeness. Yes. This is like what kind of comes up for me when you talk about it. Cause it's like, these connections are happening. The pathways are opening yes. and there's like wholeness yes. because communication channels are, are open. That stagnation That's right. is gone. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And we learn so much about ourselves with our emotions, not just the positive emotions that we learn a ton about ourselves, what we love, what we like, what lights us up. Uh, but we also learn so much about ourselves from the not so fun emotions, the jealousy, the mm-hmm. anger, the rage, the fear, the, the feeling left out, the feeling of not belonging, not being good enough. We're learning about ourselves in this. And it's just like, and mm-hmm. we want that distilled. We want that run through all of our systems. We want those, those doors open so that all parts of us are talking to each other, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and we want the brain to solve these problems. We want our system to solve these problems. We don't want to, a lot of times we'll use our thinking center to say, well, that's not right. Well, okay, I get it. And does your body believe you? Right. You know, I don't think so. Not yet, because right. it's it's still you still have tightness, you know, about it. Yeah. So let's just yeah. let the bodies, you know, have its conversation with the rest of you, and then let them sort this out for you. So um, tell us about the the eye movement. Yeah, modality. let me do that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. eye movement desensitization and reprocessing is um, is you are moving your eyes left to right, left to right, left to right, and you you're really crossing the the central line in your brain. I'm sure it has a fancy name. It's not coming to me at the moment. <laughs> but the part of the brain so, that separates the hemisphere. Okay. Yes, that one. Um, you know, and, and it's really, um, it's what we're doing. We, we believe that this is what we're doing when we're doing, when we're sleeping with that rapid eye movement, that we're really doing a lot of processing with our emotions, our memories, our thoughts and feelings. Um, we're doing a lot of that work then. And so we will simulate that in while you're awake and help the process. Um, so like we know when you're sleeping, if that process is going well, you really may or may not know about it. You may have some cool dreams that happen. If it doesn't work, that's really, you'll notice that it will go off the rails and you'll have, you'll wake up in a panic and a sweat in a survival state, you know, um, while we're awake, we can help make sure that the process completes. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to help the brain process what needs to be processed. And the brain is telling us 
all the time what needs to be processed. Flashbacks are the brain saying, hey, this, this memory is really important to what we're doing here, but I can't get it in, and but I'm gonna try. And as it brings it up, all that old emotion that's never been processed comes up and then you have all those old feelings. And so lots of times people have panic attacks there or just feelings of self-worthlessness, even though they're like, don't believe that at all, they'll feel that heaviness come over them. And so instead of, and so those flashbacks, we want to grab those and, and help the brain complete those processes so that it can integrate it because it has its own wisdom. It's not bringing it up for no reason. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason for it, whether it's like, Hey, uh, I'd like to help you reach that goal, but I can't because of this stuff. Can we do this and like help the brain? Like, can we get this released? So I don't have to store this back in my subconscious anymore. And I can, I can have some room to rearrange the furniture back here and make this happen for us. And so, or sometimes it's really, there's important information about who we are, what we want, where our boundaries lie that are stuck in some of these, these flashbacks and our brain keeps bringing it up. Cause it's like, I need that information in there. I need that. And it's on repeat, but if we can grab that and help it get processed, which we can with the eye movement, so you're thinking about this issue and you're moving your eyes back and forth and back and forth. Um, Always horizontally? No. So I, um, you can do it um, diagonally. And I have a lot of clients who I would never uh, use EMDR with. And I'll tell you why in a second, but they, they are doing great with EMDR with figure eights. They just find it so regulating to their nervous system that I'm kind of, I'm, I'm like, there's something about these figure eights that's um, beyond because what happens with EMDR is that it's very different than the tapping interventions in that it's, you're really kind of giving your brain permission to go where it wants to go and do the healing work. And so you sit in the, in the side seat, it takes the driver's seat and it takes you on journeys. Um, you don't really get a lot of choice once the eye movement starts. And so sometimes you end up in places you're, you're not ready to be. It'll, it'll bring up and it can, and when that happens, you'll experience a lot of emotional distress or emotional distress, distress too fast. And, and, and we really need the, this, our stress levels to be within a window that's re- we, we tolerate well, okay. um, because if we, if we go outside of that, if we go too high, it's re-traumatizing to us. Oh, and okay. so, and our, and our survival system does not like that. And then we can actually start, it can start plotting against our healing and recovery. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like that EMDR thing that almost killed us last time. We're not doing it again. Oh. Next time you try to do that, I'm going to make you want to throw up. And you'll notice nausea. You'll notice every time you're trying to go to your appointment, your chest tightens or you feel like you can't breathe. And that's your survival system trying to keep you away from that thing that's dangerous, which it's so, but um, and in EMDR, there's like this, so there's, there's like this explore feature to it. So once your eyes start moving, you'll, it'll really take you into the nooks and crannies of different things, which if that's within your window of tolerance, it, that's a really wonderful experience. Um, if it's outside of that, it can be re-traumatizing and, um, and create some massive setbacks, really massive setbacks. And so um, it, needs, it needs to be used with a little bit more cautions, caution and therapists are careful about when to intervene with this. And um, lots of people who go to EMDR expect to start EMDR in the first session, but we want to check you out. We want to make sure that you're prepared for this. We want to make sure this is the right fit. Um, and so it, it will, we'll, we'll go through a whole process before we start doing this work. Um, 
but it, when it's the right fit, it's really wonderful. Like, especially with you have vague memories of something, not crystal clear ones. This is really wonderful for those because it'll bring up um, the information you're looking for because the brain knows. But the, the other interventions are really helpful because you choose the whole way. You I want to, I'm looking at this, I'm focusing on, I'm working on this symptom. I'm working on that. Like, and when you hit, um, when you start choosing your target of focus that you want your brain to, you want to help your brain resolve. Um, once you start tapping the, the desensitization starts happening right away. And so it's stuff you, you can be up and come down very quickly with EMDR. It's more of a process. And a lot of times it'll become more intense before it becomes, it lowers. And then it'll go up again and then come down and up again and come down as the brain is, is reprocessing and kind of synthesizing all the information it's pulling up. And, and yeah. And so, so with some clients that still have very um, activating and very intense uh, traumas, I don't like to give up that much control. Yeah. It's going to bring up what, what wants to be brought up, what ready or not, <laughs> you know, yes. rather than like, yes. I want to work on this today. So you also mentioned energy medicine. Now, is this the Donna Eden's methods? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. this is another part of your toolkit. Yes. I do past life regression work. I do. Um, and I teach people how to do that as well for themselves if they want to, not everybody does. Um, they caught me so much with the statement that, I mean, the, the trainer was just saying that, oh, we don't need to get into the issues. Well, their body will just process this. And I'm like, what? Cause that's as a therapist, we're, we need to know about all that. We're going to dig stuff up and bring it and know about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. And, and so, and, but when we're doing trauma work and if you've done enough of it, you know that there's some trauma people cannot talk about. There's trauma they cannot think about. Um, the interventions, EMDR, thought felt there, those ones are good for not talking about it, but you kind of have to have some awareness of it. Um, this other stuff is, this energy medicine stuff allowed for um, healing to take place without using conscious cognitive pathways. And that just had me like, I need to know more, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> they said, oh, you know, how you, the right side of your brain needs to connect with the left side of your brain. You know, they're teaching these interventions and they said most people depression, they're in they're they're um, they're they're more homolaterally organized. The right side of the brain is communicating the right side of the body. The left side of the brain is communicating with the left side of the body. And they taught us how to test energy test for this. And I was like, hmm. I got a whole office full of depression. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I go and I ask my clients if I can test them for this. They all were homolaterally organized. The right really? and the left. And I was like, hmm. So I Are just you had muscle them. testing them. Yes. Are you muscle testing yourself? No, or? I had them in the office at the time since COVID. I've been doing this virtually, but I had enough practice that and I now do a lot of surrogate energy testing on myself. Okay. And I will also teach clients how to energy test themselves if they want to. So I'll have them test um, if they're comfortable and confident with that. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I would just have them do these little exercises in, and I'd integrate that with this process. And I just started seeing subtle, but powerful shifts. Um, and then there, you know, they said, oh, this is really good for people who have no boundaries. What? 
I need to know. So I'm paying attention. I'm taking nine notes. And I'm like, hmm, we'll see. So I go back. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I go back to my office and my clients who um, are working on boundaries or come from family systems where there are no boundaries. Um, this is something I teach in my process, how to functionally address boundaries. Um, I really found ways to find how people's boundaries are actually functioning in real time and to get the brain to upgrade those and, you know, clear off trauma from how that's functioning and go. Right. And so I was already getting really great results and I was, you know, my clients are coming back saying, Oh my gosh, I said no. (laughs) Of course you did. You know, (laughs) brains are make these things, you know, and that lets me know that their, their boundary subconscious programming in that area is moving because they didn't make a conscious decision to say, I'm going to say no right now. It just came out of them. It was in real time. It was authentic and it was what they really meant. And afterwards they were a little freaked out. They were like, who am I? Yeah, <laughs> but Who here I was already imposter getting in my <laughs> in my body. Confident <laughs> woman or a confident man, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the stuff they'll come back and say. It's anyway. We have a good time. It's fun. Yeah. But I already was getting really great results, and um, but I started implementing some of the energy medicine strategies, and um, I would see that it was just kind of like they they're like their boundary setting energy would kind of come together in a pile. Like it was had its own boundaries around it instead of just being all everywhere. Like they just couldn't muster up any energy to make a boundary. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, by the time, so I, I have them do this and then I'll, and then it was like they're that them st- um, expressing their boundaries would just happen faster than I would expect. Mm-hmm. And then, so I thought, well, let me see if I can move this up earlier and just, you know, give it to more people. Cause it's simple. These are simple exercises. And, um, and I would, I, so I, I noticed that if the energy systems are getting the support they need to do the boundaries and we're doing the work by the time we get to boundaries, it's like the inner systems are developed and the blocks clear and it all comes together faster. It's so easy. Like if, yes. so I, um, also teach meditation, um, and I will sometimes, um, start my classes with the the 12 minute, or I don't know how many minutes it is, but there's like a baseline, like daily routine that Donna has. And it does some of the things that you've already talked about, but you know, you take, you, you pull down from your right shoulder across to the opposite, to the left hip and then go on the other side. But it's all this like cross body stuff or, um, holding different, you know, parts of the, the body and just breathing or putting yourself in different positions. And it is amazing how it, um, can sync you up to the present moment. It kind of like gets the static away and it's Mm -hmm. a great way to start your day or to, um, but you know, prepare yourself for meditation. It's absolutely, we always feel so good after we've done that. So yeah, it's really powerful and it's so easy. It's really accessible. Even if you can't get out of a chair, you can adapt the things to well said. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. And one of them, you know, she, it's, it, it, she says it helps with the symptoms of dyslexia and that's another one. I'm like, Hmm, we'll see. Sure enough. Yeah. It's, you know, that is one of my go-tos. Yeah. Like, especially when I start one, right? Yeah. 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 I love that. And, um, it's, and it's just, gosh, 
our bodies want to heal, you know, they want to run well, they want to, um, they want to take us where we want to go. Yeah. You know, and so it really, these things are so wonderful to help them and they're so subtle, but they, they make such big, such a big impact. Right. I love that. So where are you located? I'm in Salem, Oregon, well, Turner, Oregon, which is right outside of Salem. Oh, okay. Out yeah. on the, the Pacific Northwest. I got that sense, but we didn't talk about it. So, um, and then do you do a lot of work like virtually? Are you working with people yeah. online a lot? Yeah, I do. I am mostly virtual. Um, I have opened my office up for energy medicine sessions. Um, but what I really, what I've been doing, you know, I, I have a therapy practice that I'm only licensed in Oregon. So that's only available to Oregon residents. Okay. Uh, and I have, I've developed this eight week program that I walk all of my therapy clients through. And recently I've made that available to the public as a self-study course that they can take it and start using it and do this specific work um, with, you know, by themselves, or if they already have a therapist that they want to that there are, that's already supportive of them. Uh, that's a great time. That's a great, this way, because my process is you follow, I give you a couple of strategies that I want you to use a lot because I want you to build a rich, um, skill set within that little container that you'll use. You can use freely anywhere else at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and then you use the interventions in that little container. And then I give you the next little container and we build your skill set in there. So it's a very specific process that I've developed that I found works best um, for people that have no skills at all, are new to this entirely, or, you know, have tons of skills, you know, and have been in their inner world for a really long time. So, um, and that doesn't have to, that's not, um, limited to people in Oregon. No, that's right. Oregonians. That's right. Thank you. Um, and that's, so that's just a product that I developed and, um, that's available online. And And then is that like mostly targeted toward adults or do you think like teens or, it's, um, it's targeted. I've run, I've used it with teenagers Okay. in therapy. Absolutely. Um, and that works really well. I, you know, if, if it was me, I it's okay. So it's the idea is that it's, it's a self-study course. Mm-hmm. Not all teenagers are going to do a self-study course, right? right? Not all teenagers even care. Um, it really depends on their motivation level, but what I would do if I was a parent with a child with anxiety is number one, I would address my own anxiety because that is the fastest way to change a child's anxiety is through your own point of transformational power, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we heal the inside of our world and the outside starts changing. Plus, I mean, there's all these ways kids are mirroring us, you know, they have these mirroring neurons in their head in their brain and those where they're practicing our nervous system. Uh, and so that's huge. And then the other thing I would do is I would start, you know, I would start engaging my child and, Hey, why don't we do this activity if they're interested, you know? Um, and so, and that this program is a really great guide for that, that I, I, I struggle with treating children. Um, I don't treat children. I struggle treating, um, teenagers when their parents have a disorder because it's that's just a really tough place to be it's really nice when the parents because i'm gonna help this child become a healthy human and if in their home the the it's like unhealthy island in there it's like it's going to be very difficult for their nervous system to want to travel to healthy island without their parent it's it goes against our biology 
right? And so it, it can absolutely happen, um, but it, that's a tough place. And so yeah. I prefer parents on that, but there's some parents that have already done a lot of work and they're like, now it's time to go help my, my children. And that's a really great time to, to follow a path like this. Okay. For, for kids. And then there's some teenagers that are like, give me the program. I'm doing this. I'm done with anxiety and let's go. And right. those, that's a great fit for, for those kids as well. Right. Teenagers, young adults. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so how do people find this kind of information? Yeah, this is on my website. And let me tell you one more thing I do oh, yeah. for people anywhere and everywhere. I have an intensive eight week program. We meet two hours a, a week. A two hours, two, two hour sessions twice a week. Okay. I don't know if I said that well, but anyway, I personally walk people through the program. And so this is one-to-one or as a group? This is a small group. There are two one-on-one sessions. I was nervous from going from therapy to a small group, but I find that it's just, it's richer. And it's because these are work sessions and not not like traditional talk therapy therapy. group sessions. Uh, People are get individualized support uh, with strategizing for their specific symptoms. And then they'll mute their mic and turn their video off and then use the intervention and then when they're ready for some more coaching, then they turn it on. And, and I just kind of jump around and then come back. And I keep them small, no more than four people and gender-based. Mm, so um, Beautiful. Yeah. So that option's available as well. That's All of that's on my website at rachelmcleod.com. And that's, um, I'm going to spell that for you because my name is spelled like Rochelle. So it's, it's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-C-C-L-O-U-D.com. And so everything's there. You can sign up for my email list. I send these interventions to people. I send them out for people to try the training um, videos. And, um, and my Facebook group is on there and the, the programs and services I offer. Oh, wonderful. And I'll have a link in the show notes so that people can just click um, if, they, if they didn't catch the yes. spelling. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, this has been beautiful. Thank you so much for taking us through all of this. And thank you for all of the work that you're doing to help so many people. Um, These are really, I I mean, this is the future of where, you know, healthcare, where holistic health, you know, it's this, this helping us to become these more complete beings, body, mind, soul. Um, and the use of the emotions and, and mm-hmm. all of that is so powerful. So thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Please share this episode. I appreciate your support, rating, reviewing, and sharing. So thank you again for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.